Yes, I will. Anybody else say, yes, I will? Amen. Jackie, would you put up the pictures of my beautiful new 17th grandchild? That's Colton Eugene Rose. Isn't he adorable? And you can put up the one of me holding him. So for the entire week, that's all I did. In fact, I, you know, I even felt a little bit of guilt thinking, I am not putting this baby down at all. I have relatives and friends in Florida who knew I was there and they were messaging me, can we meet you? And I'm like, no, I'm busy. I was with Colton and Barbara and Charles and their four beautiful children now. What a blessing it was. She's such a good mama. And I'm going to tell you something. Colton has some anointing because the message and what happened was, is I was holding him and spending time. I mean, I literally sat in Charles's, he didn't get his recliner, Greg, it rocks and it's, it's, you know, what do you call it? The camo, right? And so I, I had a moment that one morning, Diane, when I messaged you, you are such a dear friend. You're the first person I messaged as the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me with a message that I know that God has for this church. And I knew that I couldn't get through but one service. So in over 10 years, this is the first time your pastor has reached out to you and said, we need to combine because I can't get through this emotionally more than one service. And to those who are thinking I'm resigning, I'm not resigning. I got those messages. Um, This is much deeper than who the pastor is of a church. God has called me here and I'm here, so put that out of your mind. You know, it was three years ago that the Lord gave me how I was to behave and live in these final moments of the end of days, and I'm carrying that. Does anybody here agree that we are in the final moments of the end of days? And so it's important that we hear from God, that, that we're directed by Holy Spirit, that we yield to and cooperate with. And three years ago, the Lord said to me, remain humble, be obedient, carry no offense. You've heard this before, right? Be quick to forgive and everything we do, do in the love of God. Well, this week is just... I was just gazing at that beautiful baby and the miracle of creation and how good God has been to me. And there were emotional moments. You know, Allie, you know, children, your mother, she shined. Pastor Greg, at Karen's celebration of life, you shared how she always gave to people and she was a caretaker. How many of you here know that? You knew my wife. She, she cared if someone fell, right? Larry and Laura, she was the first one there to pick them up. After she died, we had people that came just to visit and and tell me how they kept their relatives in a certain, uh, well, it's not here anymore, so facility, because of how wonderful Karen was to them. And and even as I was there with Barbara, I'm not going to help her shower. There are some things dad won't do. You know, that's something mom would have done. She would have done your hair and helped you with your makeup. And I would have done exactly what I did. I, Greg and Jackie, I would have hauled the, hauled the baby, right? 
given the opportunity, I mean, we share really well, but given the opportunity, I would have hogged the baby. And as I was, the Holy Spirit overwhelmed me to the point that I messaged Diane and then I called Allie and I, I let the elders know. And Diane, there was a great revelation in that, how precious you all are. But boy, when, when you're in a place, have you ever been in a place with God where Holy Spirit downloads something that you can't even put physical words to it? But I didn't call you because we would combine the services. I did that too, but because I knew you two would pray. And what a precious gift that is to me. You are dear friends and I love you. Thank you for that. And it gave me peace in that moment. See, we're, we're part of the family of God. So this message that the Lord gave me as the pastor of the church, it is a direct download from Holy Spirit. Sister Vonda, doesn't he do that? He does that. So we are gonna go, first, let's just pray before we go to the first scripture. But Jackie, we're gonna go to Matthew 4, 18 to 22. Abba, we love you. Yeshua, Jesus, we love you. Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, we love you. And we want to hear from you and what you have for us. And so we yield now and give you all praise and thank you for what you're about to do in this fellowship. And we pray this in the name that is above every name, the name of Yeshua, Jesus, we pray, amen. So we are going to read and it'll be up there or you can turn in your Bibles. Matthew chapter four, verses 18 to 22. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Or some translations say, fishers men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. I can't even apologize because I'll be apologizing for being emotional. I can only tell you, Pastor Greg has stood here many times through the years that I've been here, Greg, and you, you shared your testimony how you weren't a very emotional man, but when the Holy Spirit grabbed hold of you, you just can't stop it. And, and if you get nothing else, because we're going to go over the gospel, obviously, get this, that God wants us as believers, and he wants this church, Brother Jim, to be fishers of men. Amen. This is why the men's ministry and the daughters of the king are about reaching people and these Bible studies are important. They're important because we need to reach people in this season and day. You know, they left immediately. In this passage that we have, where Jesus is speaking to Peter and Andrew, it's not the first time he's called them. If you go back to John, that was a call to salvation. 
This is a call to be in followers or disciples of Jesus Christ. And we know that the gospel is a plumb line, amen? If you believe, because there are people who watch all the time who are born again because they hear the gospel proclaim the right way for the first time in their lives. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of churches that don't preach the one true gospel. And maybe some of you don't even know this, but if you ask someone, where is the gospel of our salvation found? Many people will say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We refer to them as the gospels. And Josh, that was an amazing message. Pastor Josh, last week, it's the synoptic gospels, right? That I think you were referencing. That's just a little thing for Josh. But that's not where the gospel of our salvation is when we speak of where it's outlined. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. It says that, and Paul goes on, he gives explanation, this gospel which we've brought to you, which was given to us and upon which you stand and you are saved, that as the scripture states, and by the way, the scriptures wouldn't have been the New Testament, it would have been the Old Testament and the Messianic prophecies that have been fulfilled, amen, church? That Christ died for our sins, was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead. We believe the gospel. We believe in the eternally self-existing God in the persons of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We believe that God the Son, the Son of God, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Messiah, always existed. Gary, I'm going to refer to, well, I saw Gary and Linda. Aren't they a cute couple? I saw Gary. I love you guys too. I love you all. I saw Gary and Linda. I don't even remember. I think I had Jaden maybe with me. And, um, and we were at McDonald's and there's a man there who's Mormon. And I don't know if it was you, Gary, or somebody said you need to talk to him. And you guys remember, it, other people are talking about it. And we're going to get into that because when there are false religions and people teaching false gospels, they wordsmith. They try to become clever. They try to become cunning. But I might, might have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. And when it comes to the gospel, I'm not bragging on me, but I know what the word of God says and what Holy Spirit has done when he was born again. And so they'll say things, Gary, you were there, you're witness. This man was trying to pull me in or he was putting out bait. He was putting out bait and we're gonna get back to that to try to lure me in to his way of thinking. Well, it's not gonna happen. He literally, he said, well, we believe that Christ is the first begotten son of God. Don't you believe that? And I said, not the way you do because he always existed and he did not wanna admit it. But you know what? If you stand on the truth of God's word, we're gonna get to that. If you stand on the word, even when Satan tried to deceive Jesus, Jesus said, it is written, stand on God's word. And I pulled it right out of him. He does not believe that Jesus always existed. Mormons believe that God created Jesus a spiritual being. If that's who you have faith in, someone created by God and that he is not God, you are not born again. Is that true? Jesus always existed. See, but they're cunning and they're clever. They will wordsmith things. And so Jesus said, 
And this is a mandate. And this is what Holy Spirit has given me, Sarge, that we need to be fishers of men. If we are not reaching the lost in these final moments of the end of days, then we are failing to fulfill what God has ordained for Jonathan Creek Christian Church. Do you guys believe that? Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 to 4. Jackie, if you'll pull that up. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. But to me, it is an insignificant matter that I would be examined by you or by any human, human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself. However, I am not vindicated by this, but the one who examines me is the Lord. Now, we could take that passage, and there are people who could wordsmith that, Gary, and try to make it. But what Paul is actually talking about here is about bringing the truth of God's word, the gospel. And he's saying, I'm not going to give in to cunning or clever ways. The example that I just used, that Linda and Gary witnessed, amen? That guy was trying to use a clever, cunning way. Because when you're not going to stand on the truth of God's word, and what I'm trying to give you today is principles that we can be fishers of men. You're already born again. And as a born again believer, it's a done deal. You're heaven bound and rapture ready. Is that the truth? James, is that the truth? It's a done deal. And in fact, Brother Jim, you can be born again and not be a disciple. People don't understand that. So it's, the question is, are we going to fulfill what Holy Spirit has given me? Can you get on board with that? And are we going to be fishers of men? Because even as I sat in that chair and Holy Spirit overwhelmed me, he overwhelmed me with the fact that we can get caught up in great programs, the best organized services. We can give to missions, and, but if we are not reaching the lost, that we're not fulfilling what God has called us as a church to do. And there's going to be things as the Holy Spirit tells me I'm going to call out. And it's time for us to acknowledge the things that we're doing that are actually working against God's purpose and plan, not only for our lives, but for the body of Christ. And we are supposed to, in this season, be going from glory to glory to ultimate glorification. When Jesus Christ does show up in the clouds of glory, he's showing up for a glorious church, a bride without spot or wrinkle. But we're not gonna be there if we're following the ways of man and being deceived by the enemy and not being the church. And so Paul says, I'm not gonna give in. That's what he's talking about. In 1 Corinthians 4, 2 to 4, I'm not going to give in to cunning, deceptive, clever tactics. But instead, I'm going to give an open statement of the truth. 
We don't have to try to be clever and not offend. We just need to be led and cooperate with Holy Spirit because every 60 seconds, approximately 105 people die and go into eternity and there's only one of two destinations. When I was at the airport, this hit me so real because the Holy Spirit had overwhelmed me with the need to reach the lost. Do you know that's the heart of God, that all would be saved? Do you know that? We know they won't, but that's the heart of God. And so I actually texted my daughter and I wasn't being rude. You know, when I sent you that text, did you get that text? I was at Gainesville Airport and I texted you something like, there were two people sitting near me I, I knew that by the time I got to Charlotte that I would have like, tw- anybody been in an airport and you've got 20 minutes between flights and you're just praying that this flight takes off in time because you know you're going to get your exercise in. And it was, I landed in Terminal E and had to get to C and there was no charter bus there, but I got there, praise God. These little legs can run when they have to. And so I knew that I wasn't going to have time to get food when I got to Charlotte. And so at Gainesville, I'm I'm just praying, Lord, I hope they have food because, and they did. And as I sat there, there were these two individuals. And honestly, I cannot tell you whether they were men or women. And I'm not being funny. I wasn't being rude. And I'm looking and I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm, I'm hearing, you, I could just tell from their conversation because we were in close proximity because I wanted to sit down and eat my quesadilla, quesadilla right? So, um, and I'm looking and so I text my daughter because I'm really, and the Holy Spirit the whole time was just, was just leading me. And, and I, I texted Allie and it wasn't a, oh my goodness, you can't believe what I'm seeing. It was more, I, I seriously can't tell if these two are men or women. I, I could not tell. And I'm not going to go into detail. And I could tell from their conversation that they were really caught up into the world system. Sarge, I don't even have to define that. But the Holy Spirit was overwhelming me how much God loved them and they needed the gospel. And so they're sitting at the little bar area. I'm sitting at the table. When I say bar, it's not like alcohol. It was just, you know, a bar where you can sit and get food. And Spider-Man, the one with Tobey Maguire, for those who are Spider-Man men fans, was on the 2002 version and they, the, the one was really criticizing it. Like when he got bit by the spider, a spider wouldn't really do that. Well, I don't know if a spider would really do that, but I don't like them. So I run if I see them, especially those wolf spiders. You guys seen those? Yeah, I don't care that people tell me they're harmless. I don't like them, so I run. But I interrupted them because the Holy Spirit said, tell them the gospel. I said, I'm gonna tell you the end of the story if you don't know it. And the, the one, I'm going to call her a girl because I don't know. I have a hard time, you know, when, when you don't know. And, and so she's like, excuse me? I said, I'm just going to tell you because I, I have no way of even, you, you haven't addressed me. You don't know me. And I, and I said, but I got to tell you the gospel. 
And they just stared at me like I was crazy. In fact, I don't know if anybody saw my post, but when I headed out on the trip, I was at St. Louis Airport and I got there really early. I don't know if I was driving really fast or if I was translated, but I got there really early. And so I went up to the ticketing area, but I was there so early that nobody else was there and the hall was empty and I began to go to that place of praise. And I closed my eyes and suddenly I was dancing with Jesus. I'm telling you, it was glorious. I don't even know how long I was dancing with Jesus. But when I opened my eyes, there were people in a line and they all looked like this. <laughs> and a couple workers, nobody was moving. So then Sarge, I figured, well, now I'm at it. And I said, well, now I have to tell you the gospel. I was dancing with Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth said, there's a place in God where even Satan doesn't dare go. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord told me, don't worry about it. This is a season to not worry about what men consider foolish. Be foolish for me. And so people were listening. And as I shared, I had two hours because they tell you be there two hours, but on the little regional airports, I don't know why, because you got plenty of time. I got to eat my whole quesadilla and I got to share with them how there's a God who loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And at the end of two hours, when, when we were gonna get ready to go in line, they were both weeping. And they had believed on Jesus Christ. And you know what? I never had to address the way they were talking or the way they looked because Sister Vonda, it didn't matter what I brought them. I didn't have to be clever or cunning or try to make them like me. I only needed to bring the gospel and then pray for them knowing that now that they are indwelt with Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will do the work that he needs to do in them. And so I will continue to pray for them. See, the whole point of being fishers of men is not looking at people and wondering why they're not like us or why they're not behaving a certain way. It's reaching out to them. We don't have to be clever and cunning. Paul says, I'm going to go to Hebrews 10.25. Not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Going to church is not a requirement of salvation. You can say amen to that. But we are blessed to have a church where the one true gospel is proclaimed. And where we have opportunities to come together and to fellowship. And the word says, even as the day approaches, if you don't know it, Jesus Christ is coming soon. And the reason why we gather together is to build one another up in the faith, to bear one another's burdens. To when, when you're struggling in an area, to be able to go to others and talk to them. This is important if we're going to be fishers of men. Because who would want to attend a church where all they hear about is drama when they get to McDonald's? Amen. Who would want to attend a church where if you make a mistake 
and you confess it to someone, it, it goes rampantly around the community. Who wants to go to a church where people have to worry about what they're wearing to attend that church? We have one rule. We just don't do naked. I don't care how you come dressed. Come. We just don't do naked. I'll stand by that rule. And if they're really naked and infected with demons, you tell me where they are. Because I'll say, yes, God, I'll go. I'll go because they matter. When he said, I want you to be fishers of men, it's because God's heart is for the lost. We need to stop looking at people. Why, why do we judge non-believers? Sinner sin, that's what they do. I'll rejoice because I believe we can change it. The speech that we speak. How many times have I heard that man of God, Pastor Greg, say, Proverbs 18, 21. There is power of life, of, of life and death in the tongue. And those who love it eat its fruit. The Bible says that from the abundance of the heart, that's the inner man, the mouth speaketh. What's our heart? And you're not going to have the heart of God if you're not spending time with God, but you're spending time rather in gossiping and talking and saying all the things that we shouldn't say. I'm getting away from the notes because I don't even need them. You asked me last night what I was going to preach on. I said, I just know fishers of men. You know, because this is what Holy Spirit is telling me right now. In the Bible, the word for diabolos, in Spanish they say diablos, meaning the devil. It means cunning. It means crafty. It means clever. Just like that man was, Gary. Because he's not led by the Spirit of God. He's led by evil spirits. They can put on the front of being good people and loving God, but if you're not led by Holy Spirit, and let me tell you, while you as a believer cannot be possessed by an evil spirit, you can be impacted, oppressed, and led by evil spirits if you're not yielding to Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? And that diabolos, that Greek word diabolos, means cunning, crafty, Clever? Do you know in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the letters, it talks about as born again believers, that's not who you are. And the same root for diabolos is the same thing that goes along with, with gossip. And gossip is not just telling a lie about someone. Gossip is spreading things that are negative about even your brothers and sisters that bring about harm and damage instead of praying for them and coming alongside them. And that word diabolos in the Greek, it's the same word in the Hebrew, the root of gossip. It's the same word as hasatan. That's Satan. And what is Satan? Who is he? What does he do? He's the accuser of the brethren, isn't he? That's the same root of it. 
But if we want to reach, if we want to be fishers of men, then we need to watch the conditions of our heart. You're already saved. You're already born again. That's a done deal. You're going in the rapture unless you breathe your last. But now will you be one who will be a fisher of men? What kind of bait are we going to use? You guys can come. I was actually going to use an example. It's really, I I shared with Allie, the Lord gave me this and I was gonna do it. And even as I was gonna do it, I thought, you know, if I do this, somebody will probably report me to the authorities. I was gonna get a fishbowl and have some fish in there. And to stress the point, as the Lord was showing me, I was gonna take a couple of them and toss them on the floor and let them flail and see who would save those little fish. But that's what's happening. But I I will tell you, I was grieving over that. And the Lord said, I'm not gonna make you do it because I know your heart. You can't even kill a goldfish. I can't. Many of you know Dr. Billy Brim and I love her. She's precious to me. And in one of the classes, the 3BI, James, you're soaring through it. Sarge, you're soaring through it. Praise God. She was talking about not on the class tape, so you probably won't see it, but at the class, she was talking about how the raccoons come up and eat her plants and her stuff. So she gets her rifle or calls her son. And I was thinking about, remember that raccoon I saved, Pastor Greg? You held Chomper. I didn't tell him in class, Sarge, that you guys kill him, I save him. I, I can't kill anything. I only had to put him out in the wild because he kept biting Karen. But he was cute. He wanted to sleep with me. You know, they're amazing with their little hands. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm digressing here. But anyway, the Lord knows how, how many animals have I rescued in your life? Too many, they say. Yeah, and the, we even had a big turtle, right, named Fred, that we rescued and healed till he could go back to the place. I loved Fred. He was a great pet. He was in the house with us. And then during the day, he'd be outside in the sun. I'm not kidding. And so the Lord knows, but you know, it was almost like an Abraham Isaac situation where the Lord, he had a ram in the thicket. He said, you don't have to do it. You just tell them. But when we see people like I saw and we don't reach out to them and we're, we're more concerned about our comforts and our preferences and making sure our lives are in order than reaching the lost, which is an everlasting thing. There's a problem in the church. You can say amen to that. And when we do that, it would be like taking those goldfish, you could start the music, and tossing them on the floor and letting them flail and nobody rescuing them. Because when we see people, and it doesn't take a lot, If you'll spend time being washed in the purity of the truth of God's word and you'll spend time in his presence, Holy Spirit will direct you and point you to those who are hurting and lost. And we have a world full of people that are lost and they need Jesus. 
and we're supposed to be his ambassadors. I still have people coming up to me. We have a pastor, I'm not gonna say her name for her privacy, because we're taping, and I love her. And she resigned. She heard three times from Holy Spirit that he had something else for her. And she resigned. And I still have people coming up to me. Did you kick her out? What did you do? And other things. We acknowledged her. We blessed her. I even got her gifts before she went. But see, that's not good enough because people are looking for things to distract us. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you are getting caught up, that's just one example. And we know how clever the devil is. But if you're getting caught up in those discussions, that is led by demonic spirits. There is no good coming from that kind of conversation. That's cunning and clever. Why? Because the enemy does not want us being fishers of men and reaching the lost. That's what we are called to do. We are called to be fishers of men and the Holy Spirit will give you the bait. I didn't know what to say to those two individuals. I truly did not know whether they were men or women. I knew that Holy Spirit was telling me to reach them with the gospel. And when it comes to the gospel, I don't have to try to come up with clever, cunning ways. I just need to simply share the truth that there's a God who loves them so much that he would leave glory and shed his precious blood and pay their sin debt once and for all. And so if we'll be those people, are you willing, the question is, are you willing to be foolish for God? Are you willing because he has called us to be fishers of men. Are you willing? The men are meeting to be disciples. Are you, what did Jesus say? You're already saved. When Jesus said, if you will follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. That was not about salvation, was it Sarge? You believe he's the Messiah and he rose from the dead. You're born again. This is about discipleship. This is about fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. You've heard me many times say, we can do nothing apart from Holy Spirit. Any works I do apart from faith and Holy Spirit is a dead work of the flesh anyway. It's Holy Spirit in us. But I want you to think for a moment, how many people will die today and go into eternity? without being born again. And that's a destination we should not want for anyone. So the question for you is, and no answers, please. With all the changes we did with the beauty, now I'm gonna use one more example. The Lord's telling me, who thinks this is beautiful? If you do, you can say amen. There was a committee who did this and there may be some who don't particularly like it. And that's okay because it's not about our preference. There were a couple people that left the church who literally have told me 
pretty much they hate me because of what we did. And they're going to another church, a church in town. And I saw, because they had a speaker who did a phenomenal job, it came up in my feet, and I like to listen to other preaching. And the entire sanctuary, the front, is now black. And they have full band. But they left here because they didn't like this. That's not why they left. Diabolos. Can somebody say amen? Are we going to go out and gossip about those people? No, we're going to bless them and love them. But I want us to get this. I want us to get how clever and cunning the devil is. Because it shouldn't be about that church's design or what this church has done. It should be about exalting the name of Jesus Christ to the nations and being fishers of men. And so if you're caught up in that, as Allie leads us in a closing song before I give the the benediction, the blessing, I'm going to ask you all to stand if you can. And if you need to come to the altar, you come to the altar. There's two words for repentance. There's metanoia, which is a change of mind when we believe that Jesus is the Messiah and he rose from the dead. Amen, Sarge? But there's also metamalami. There's a godly sorrow. There's a turning from that wickedness that the Bible is clear about. And if you've been caught up in Diabolos, if you've been caught up in gossip, you simply tell the Lord you're sorry. And let's make a commitment to stop it. Who's with me? Listen, I've done it. Can we be honest? Who here, if you have not gossiped about someone, raise both your hands. Yeah, because we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We have carnal natures we struggle with. Here's the thing about our God. He already loves us. He already sees us as glorified. Amen, Sue? He already sees us as glorified. So let's just simply say, we're sorry. Let's do it right now. Abba, we're sorry. We're sorry that we've allowed the cunning of the devil to influence us and to speak negatively about others and engage in gossip. We repent from that. We turn from that. Holy Spirit, help us, quicken us. We're going to be on the alert and we're going to spend time being renewed in our minds and knowing that you see us, Lord, already seated in Christ Jesus, already glorified. We're going to focus on our identity in you and ask you, Holy Spirit, to continue working in us. You are, you abide in us and our desire as a church body is to fulfill your call, God, that we will be fishers of men for your glory and the good of others. And this we pray in the name above every name, the name of Yeshua Jesus, we pray, amen.